You're tuned in to the Bruh's Bookshelf Podcast, where we read the books and let the content drive the discussion. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, I've gotten fat. Why? Because I like to munch on unhealthy snacks. But all that is about to change. Thanks to Power Bites. Power Bites offers a nutritious and healthy alternative to junk foods without all the unhealthy ingredients. Power Bites come in two flavors. Almond peanut butter crunch and salt peanut butter crunch. Both of my favorites. More importantly, they are gluten free, soy free and dairy free. And they're good. Don't believe me? Try for yourself. Pick up a variety pack at eatpowerbites.com. www.eatpowerbites.com. And use the promo code HERTS15. That's H-E-A-R-S-T-15. Oh, I almost forgot to mention. It's black on. More of a reason to go to www.eatpowerbites.com. E-A-T-P-O-W-E-R-B-I-T-E-S EatPowerBites.com And order your variety pack Enjoy Back to the Bruh's Bookshelf This week we're going to be Continuing with part two Of Joan Morgan's When Chicken Heads Come Home to Roost Enjoy I saw I saw an interview today I don't know if it happened today But Young Thug on The Breakfast Club and he's talking to Angela Yee, saying that it's his role as a man in the, in the relationship to be like her father, mm. the girl's father. Angela Yee agreed with <laughs> She agreed? Now, now, Young Thug is a dude that I have to be careful. First of all, isn't he part slope. of the community? Well, that's the part we, we, we wrestle with in our age group, Donovan. We don't know, right? Okay. Look, I mean... You know, I think, I think for me, I look at him, I'm like, bro, like... You done done some suspect things. Now, are you are you, is that the Kanye move? Are, do you do that for attention, or are you that that much of a thug that you can just do whatever you want to do? Now, again, I, I seen Farrakhan say, you know, I sat down with the brother. He's a beautiful brother. It's nothing thug about him. So I don't know what to make of this shit. You know what I'm saying? Now, in this particular interview, he just looked like a brother with with like dyed hair. But that's that's not that don't make you not masculine because you don't you got because you got dyed hair and jewelry. I mean, you know, he was in that space. But anyway, you know, I thought that was interesting to hear him say that, and the sister agree Mm-mm. with him I'm, in that particular. That's evident space. of the um, of the breaking down of the the family structure. Because if you have a dad well, on, in because, your family, he, I mean, if you have on, a dad was, that's present in your life and active and you know who your dad is, you don't want a man to say, I'm taking on your daddy role because then you would say, I already have a dad. I don't need you for that. I need you to be well, my she, partner. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He, 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 he was saying, okay, I, I, I hear that part, but he was saying that this woman wants to feel okay. secure. But that's not dad. That's, 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 that's her daddy. husband. Yeah. She, yeah, that's what he's saying. Be, I mean, for him to make that saying. comparison as dad, that means that there's a a, a, a gap, and that's there, very a, incestuous. A, I mean, it's the it's yeah. the Oedipus complex. Is we 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 gravitate 
in a in a weird way to these same that we don't we don't move right. past. Them. Well, that one's Electra, you know. But Electra, excuse yeah. me, yeah. So you know, it's 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 that point, and that's why I think you know what this book is ultimately about is. Well, yeah, she talks about the Electra you know, complex her, in this book her, with her dad. Um, yeah. You know, and those of us who subscribe to those developmental stages, we feel that that you can be fixated in those places. But I think that we have grown into a very abnormal culture when it comes to things like that. You know, call me daddy. I'm your dad. You know, that's too much. It's no. Yeah, please. Don't call me daddy. That, please don't and don't call me mommy. Um, it's it's daddy. it's no good for me. I don't and listen, man, I think I think with this book, I think her 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 you know major things and what she's wrestling with is this concept that you know pussy ain't free, and you know she understands that money is power. She understands that, and power is sexy, and that's the reciprocal thing that we're dealing with. You know the value of that pussy. I don't know if that's what she's saying. She got a whole chapter to it. That's what she's talking about. I mean, she talks about it in concepts. You know, the mothers taught that. She talks about mothers teaching that to their daughters. That concept that your pussy ain't free. I remember being on a college campus. More than anything, she talks about it the other way. A professor telling me, check this out. A professor telling me of human growth and development. She was telling me that she was telling the young girls on campus, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute, y'all fucking for grades? You don't fuck for grades, you fuck for okay. money. I don't free. know what's going on so, there. So this this notion is is, is 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 something that's being taught by these black women, and the chicken heads get it. And you, the righteous women try to deny No, the we don't. And I'm not and calling myself a righteous situations. woman because that's, I feel like everything has, every, there's a balance. That pussy ain't free, and it made me think about my manhood and what Kendrick Lamar say. This dick ain't free neither. There's and an we exchange. Have to start understanding that as, as people, you have to understand. Oh, pussy in the but what I, I'm trying to sense. tell you, because I'm gonna tell you, know you like saying? this, like just it, says, it is no <laughs> reason for you to have one of those, but you round here with nothing. There, there is no reason for you to have that. Y'all saying the same thing and have nothing. That's the point. So, 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 pussy ain't free. Money is power, and but power that's is because sexy. someone and anybody who's denying that it's a it's a line that that damn lesbian chick recognized the same damn thing. Is that slippery slope, Lenny? Am I go? Is that wrong for saying? Said, that I don't want to do that. I don't you know, want to have to say my pussy, pussy ain't free. Power. Pussy ain't free, just and saying, it doesn't have, have to be money is power, financial power currency. But we're doing, oh, no. we're talking about a no. balance. But I think she from her perspective, who, who, who sleep with married men, it's all about money, dog. You're going to pay for my lifestyle. You're going to pay for me to look like this. You're going to pay for these okay. experiences. But her perspective was more the opposite, which which was why she went out of her way. She had these rules that she abided by. And these were the same rules that my mother taught me. My mother was like, do not allow boys to buy it. you lingerie, anything under your clothes. You can't buy something, anything that they could take from you that would leave you exposed, you cannot accept. Don't accept monetary gifts from males. Do not go anywhere with a male without enough money to get home. 
if take enough money to pay for your own meal because if they decide that you need to pay them something for the meal, give them their money. Don't let a man pay for your breast augmentation because he going to want to back. They will cut them back. My mother taught me that too. Yeah. All of these are basically lessons in how to be, make sure that you are not completely Right, and not obligated like, to a man like, that may try to take mm-hmm. them from you. Because men will. Speaking of men, women. a man told me don't let a woman wash your drawers because she can like, put some what? shit in it. How about that? Or make it, it don't matter. What is That's she what he gonna told put me. That was from his experience. It's the same difference. Well, we all teach powerful. that. The it's point he's it. making is that it's we exactly. all have these these little uh, idioms that we are told. But some things make sense and some things don't. So I just want to know said, what makes sense. Makes sense. I, I get it. I don't want my nuts burning, so I don't let chicks yeah, wash women, my drawers. Got, I women, just on this word. Men always know out. that women have a power that we can't comprehend, and we don't quite know what it is. So whatever we can do to not lose our power, we're not going to lose it. So you can't wash our drawers, and we got to watch you. Don't eat Man, let's just be honest. Though. How about that? This is a patriarchal, a patriarchal society. Society, and it's built. I mean, it's yeah. built around us, and we are at the advantage. I mean, this. Be real. We don't have to go nick tick for tack. Well, with women do and what men do, we already know that we at the top. I don't think that's the point, man. That sister recognizes that. Well, I that get part, it, but though. I'm talking about with you know with I mean? the, the draws and all that. But I do want to. I, I do want to say this. Speaking of men, and I think men has created the strong black woman, which is a health risk to our sisters. A hundred percent. Right. And the author did a, uh, she was doing a research for this book. Heart attack? Stroke? Yeah, I mean, you got super, super woman syndrome for black women, and you got John Henryism for black men. We both fucked up. What's the difference? The difference is is the same, and it's reported more for black men than it is for black women. And she states that in the book as well. We're both in danger. We're both in trouble. But instead, we suck it up and say, you know what? Okay, y'all, it, y'all worse. Y'all can have it. Let me rub your back. The black woman is God. The black woman is God. <laughs> How about that? Pretty much. Michael was like, you know what? Jealous motherfucker. <laughs> can't, can't have nothing. You well, want, you want to be adorned. Make me for your creation so you can adorn me. And how dare you decide to do something on your own? I will smite you down. And then the black woman was like, you know what? You win. You better I don't have me. to be right. I just got to. I do all this for place. you. I sacrifice myself for you. Hey, listen. Those eyes. When she was talking about the strong black woman and the strong black woman was birthed out of men not participating in things that it takes two people to participate, man, woman, or couple. And when she was doing the research for this book, she polled a number of women on their thoughts of black men. And this was her way of giving checks and balances for the women and saying, hey, a lot of this is your responsibility. Then she proposed a question around respect. She stated that she didn't want to talk about disrespect. She just wanted to focus on respect. She asked them to count the number of black men in their lives that they respected, who challenged them to become better people and who was instrumental in their growth. The average answer was around one or two. One or two. Then she asked them, 
how many of these men they were intimate with. Zero. And then the number often plunged to zero. <laughs> and then she look. went on to point out, <laughs> love going on here? without respect going on is here? a lethal thing. It is at the heart of any dysfunctional, abusive relationship. All unconditional love in the world does not negate the truth. The endangered black men is a creature black women have learned to love. He is not the one we respect. How many times have we seen a beautiful woman obviously have a nice job because she's driving a brand new car and there's a nigga sitting on the side in the passenger seat with his seat laid all the way down. She's pulling up at the gas station. She jumps out, pumps the gas. And as soon as a dude go and talk to her, he sits up in his seat because of his fear and insecurity that somebody could possibly take his woman away from him because this sorry ass need to be out there pumping his gas. Because he realized he's supposed yeah, to be I don't want to be that guy that be and talking and be bashing dudes. I don't. Harvey, save me if I'm going too far with this. But this is the kind of shit she's talking about I mean, when she's talking about EBMs, endangered black men. She said, look, man, these women don't respect them. They be like, you sorry, but those are the men that they're fucking, right? So It's hard, that's man. the same it's shit hard that Kevin Samuels be saying. There's a... Is an imbalance in the workforce. I mean, just as it's a man's world, there are more women in executive roles than black men. It's fucked. There's some weird fucked up shit that's happening in the world. So these high achieving black women say they can't find men of their equal caliber and then they don't want to be, you know, snotty and snoobish. So they, they lower their whatever to date down and that creates the scene that you want to dig deeper, Harvey. I want to dig mean, deeper. Go ahead. Okay, I got a question though. What's the male equivalent of a chicken? Mm. A fuck boy, I guess. A fuck nigga. I don't know. Is not even really. No, that. because a chicken head is like a and thought why is that though? who fucks for money. So the male equivalent a way, of a yeah, chicken head yeah. would be some dude that's throwing dick around and um and oh, and having a um and living in some woman's home <laughs> and not working and she's taking care of him. A Jody. Or like those dudes, you ever heard about the dudes in prison? They say they target fat, ugly women and they pen pal them. So when yeah. they get out of jail, they have somewhere to stay. That that would be yeah. the equivalent of I a mean, I, that, Showtime, Showtime got a show called Gigolos and it's about men prostitutes. And I seen a high achieving black woman fly out to Vegas to get banged out one weekend, whatever it was at, by this white dude. And she paid good money for it. I mean, that's what being... A successful black woman is about. Uh, All right, let's decenter men again. Teresa, what you thinking right now? (laughs) Hey, I was talking to my mother-in-law about two months ago. And and she was excited because in Birmingham, they're opening up this trade school for high school students. She remembered when she was in school in the late 60s, they started moving away from trade schools and start heavily promoting going to college and pushing college up on people. Said that she noticed how the teachers and there was an agenda from the staff all the way down to promote college. They started phasing out trade schools. She said a lot of brothers would normally go right out of high school into these trade schools and learn these trades and get jobs. She said, but once they start pushing college on people, a lot of these same brothers who would have went to trade school 
they didn't go to college. So you left a whole generation and generations after that of brothers coming out of school, knowing that they don't want to go to college and not college material, but there's no options left for them. So what do they do in the eighties? What hit in the eighties crack was a valuable option to make money and get your self-esteem and build self-worth. So in this book, she talks about man's self-esteem being tied to his ability to earn and ability to provide. So that's what makes college. That's what makes college problematic. Let's make that clear. It's not about the lack of desire to learn more or better oneself. It's the delayed opportunity because I can't make any money right now. And if I'm not playing football, nobody's paying for this shit. So that's why these men had to make that 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 decision. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like, you know, they 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 had to provide for themselves. One by taking care of them. You know, where can a black man go and get taken care of eighteen to twenty four, but prison in the military? If he don't, if he not on the scholarship, uh, trade school. He can, he can get with a strong black woman. He can get with a strong black woman, I guess. But she right? can get tired of his ass. So you know, and that's the that's those are the realities of, it. and I think she re- once again, I think she recognizes that, and that's why. There's a balance in in her 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 evolution, if you will, that I really admire and appreciate because I think that's what we need to be working towards. The, the, how do we find the mutual respect for one another and express it? You know, understanding the, the circumstances and the conditions that we're living under. She said, and you know, I got mad sympathy for the plight of the black man, but damn, racism and sexism kicks our ass too, and we still manage to get up and do what we got to do. It's that damn strong black woman condition of ours convincing us that our righteous sister's duty is to help a black man reach his potential. Girl, fuck potential. <laughs> How long does it take for potential to show itself? That's oh. a great question. She asked that question. Gumption about himself. Or- I don't want to fight you about taking out the trash. I want you to take out the trash. But what's not I mean, about I don't know. Like, this equal rights and equal opportunity. I'm going to stick with my rights and my opportunity. Like, this is the thing. This, this is what, like, her, her, black was, women this is what the, her elder told her in the book. It's like, you ain't got to, you ain't got to be right. You just got to win. And so if him taking out the trash is you win. Just take out the just trash. Just win. I, okay. I, I cook dinner. Yeah. Just take out the trash. I, you know, hey. Boom. And you win in. Because there's two sexes for a reason. That's why we got double standards. To go to work. You can go. I ain't gonna fight you for that. <laughs> I mean, she had she had those. I mean, what what I liked about it though. I mean, the storytelling was good. I liked the imagination. I liked the the counter narrative, if you will. I liked the the conversation around male custody rights and women and women reproductive Yo. rights and parenting. Like, right. I thought we would have been there a while ago. Then, I mean, because we are, we like I mean, an hour and know. 29 minutes and 48 seconds. I, I, I mean, we like this book, too, but obviously the male perspective yeah. is taking out uh, some things that I didn't even think we were going to discuss. But, um, you know, there was another story that I was feeling with her, and that was when her, not even her boyfriend, but I guess is that chicken head envy? Which one? When the her story bo- about Carl? Uh, yes, uh, with Carl. Yeah, that was in uh, Chicken Head Envy. Okay, so is that further down or is that now? We can get into that. So I know. First of all, I was feeling her. It was really funny to me 
that she was actually like boohoo crying about this dude and another dude was at the door knocking on the door like, can I help you? But that's not the dude she wanted. So that was hilarious because I can relate. But um, the fact that her, the guy that she really liked had a girlfriend or that was pregnant that was a chicken head that she was calling a chicken head. And she was just really, really bent out of shape about that. And I was thinking to myself, it's just funny how those emotions will come down on you, even though you know what it is, because she knew what it was. But to hear him say that he was going to be with this person that she in her mind felt like was beneath him or was the chicken head and that he was going to, you know, not be with her, but with this person. I just, that was a a story that I felt like was just a big example for how we can feel something and know something, but still be disappointed when it doesn't come to fruition. Yes, that was that was the whole irony of it. That she was the number two chick and didn't realize it, and 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 then, but then respected him so much to do the right thing that her self righteous self would not have allowed him to leave her for him. So it would only be right for her mm-hmm. to get over it because that's what she's yeah. supposed to do. Yeah. Instead of going to that sister saying, "Hey, look, girl, let me help you out. You ain't ready for this." Which is another lesson. And that lesson is, you know, sometimes that sometimes the best thing for you is the thing that hurts. So, you know, sometimes you just got to let go of something. Take the case of Layla and Glenn. Correct. Layla, a 29 year old trial attorney, met Glenn, a 30 year old graphic artist through a mutual friend. They'd seen each other at a few parties following their initial meeting and immediately developed the hotties. They slept together once on their first date and things were left open-ended. A few weeks later, Layla discovered she was pregnant. Engaged to someone else, Glenn begged Layla not to have the baby. Furthermore, he warned her in no uncertain terms he'd have nothing to do with her or the child. But at 29, with a decent job and guaranteed support from friends and family, Layla felt abortion and adoption were not options she could entertain in good conscience, even if it meant no emotional or financial support from the child's father. So following the script written for her by decades of feminist struggle, Layla ignored Glenn's pleas, exercised her right to choose, and demanded nothing from him except child support. Once the child was born, both Glenn and his fiance adamantly refused. Already stretched financially, they were expecting their first child in six months and felt they simply could not afford it. Furthermore, Glenn felt Layla's decision to bring a child into the world with a man she barely knew was not only ludicrous but selfish. It was all about her body, her choice, and what was best for her life. She didn't give a damn that she was turning my life upside down. Layla's last words to me were that she and the baby didn't need me, and now I'm expected to pay child support. Okay, 
So we all agree Glenn is less than minced, but you got to admit the contentions pose a sticky challenge to those of us who are supposedly down for equality. How can a feminine, I mean, I'm sorry, how can a feminism that vehemently supports women's rights to reproductive choice, support indiscriminate child support laws, which force men to be financially responsible for children they may not have wanted. So it goes on to say that a woman's right to reproductive choice is about more than controlling her body. It constitutionally imbues her with the right not to parent. It encourages her to honestly evaluate her feelings about parenting and her abilities to do so. If for any reason she doesn't feel up to the task, she has the legal right to terminate her pregnancy or give her child up for adoption. Men's anxieties and doubts about parenting are dismissed, however, as illegitimate and irresponsible behavior. An expectant father expressing any reluctance about becoming a parent is pretty much branded a dog. Furthermore, he's legally denied all of the options granted to an expectant mother. He can't force a woman to have an abortion. He can't abdicate his parental rights via adoption without the mother's consent, and he must pay child support. The inconsistencies are glaring. If feminists honestly believe that forcing unwilling mothers into parenthood isn't in the best interest of mothers or children, why aren't fathers given the same consideration? First of all, you can always push her down a flight of stairs. Oh, that's my line, Donovan. <laughs> you co-signed that, Teresa? Of course. You ain't about to have this baby. I said, I'm, a, I'm, be, I'm about to be a horrible father. You about to make me, I ain't even got no money right now. Girl, come here real quick. Of course. Well, first of all, I mean, that's just funny. I mean, that's something that growing up with my, you know, everybody knows how much I love Nicholas and Nakaya. Um, I used to tell Nakaya that, I mean, you know, Hey, you're going down the steps, buddy. But of course it was a joke. Um, was you got to remind him. You got to yeah, remind him. You hate because it's a choice. But, it points out the hypocrisy in feminism. But that's this is the thing. Like, earlier, it's too sexist. So there's always going to be a double Damn. standard. Like that's how nature is. It's not going to be fair. So that's but, women's power. But I this is the deal. The world or not. You know but I, this you, is the deal. Have, is that a feminist issue? Because from the definition I mean, that Lennon that, read, it said equal rights and opportunities. We ain't gonna be equal. We can't so, be equal. So, have equal so here's the thing: when I'm listening to that story, you got the power. It's always gonna. I'm be drawing back to in different ways. So let's stop trying to be equal and just realize. Where do we have our strengths and where can we utilize them the best? Certain humans. I I, I remember seeing dudes in college, man, who who had girls pregnant, lose their shit over them girls not having abortions or not wanting to have abortions. And I remember, you know, we had the abortion fund. That was kind of a secret thing. Some people had, we had this little the abortion nuisance fund. tax. But I remember personally <laughs> being told that and being in that position in the 11th grade with a girl telling me, if you don't want it, fine, we'll raise it on our own. 
So this yeah, shit it's is not real, only man. real. It's taught. It, it's a thing. <laughs> we, it's, 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 we hear it all the time. In the eleventh grade. So it, it was. It, you know, what it's saying? with so aunties like, and grandmamas and was, you know a lot of people who feel like that's a thing. It's an abomination in the eyes of God and all of that. It's a thing. But guess what? So is marriage. So that's what I was saying. That's, <laughs> but that's that's what I was saying earlier about marriage is an exactly. And that's what I was saying earlier about that Martin Lamont Hill shit around why the feminist conversation can be so foreign in our homes because we live a different reality. Like we want the respect, but then we go back to these boxes, these ideas, very conservative ways of being that still reflect the power structure that was well, But what is feminist so, about this? This is not of in the definition of, of feminism. That doesn't say anything about equal rights or equal opportunities. Because equal rights and equal yeah, opportunities yeah. would be to say, hey, Everybody get I'm pregnant. Ass. We need to go that we you should go to the court as soon as you find out. Not afterwards, after somebody swabbed a cheek. It should happen before. There should be a plan before this child is even born. I ain't the daddy. Parents are not married legally. So, personally, because a lot of times we don't like to have personal opinions on the on the podcast. But I just want to get off script right quick. They always my personal opinions. Okay, great. What is your personal opinion up on this uh, on this subject matter then? Uh, you you know my personal opinion, which is I don't think that anyone should go into an agreement with someone without agreement on both parts. It should be a contract between two parties. No one should force anyone into a decision. It all depends on how you understand your body and how your body is supposed to perform. And if you are under the notion that your body and your genitalia are for reproductive purposes only, then you would not engage in sexual activity without assuming the consequences that you're going to mm-hmm. bear a child. Okay, but sometimes sex is for intimacy, not just for reproduction. No, 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 no. You can't say that. That's and that's the problem that's because she's saying that in order to have a a society where all the reproductive stuff is balanced, you have to assume that if you're going to have sex, then that's a reproductive. You have to act. assume that and it that's the, can that's the be a consequence argument. every time. Not yeah. that it is, but you can assume because you can do that with your husband. Your or wife, your spouse, but every time that you're intimate with your spouse, you're not saying I want to have a child, but you do know that we could possibly. But that's Uh-oh. that's what she that's what that's the that's the premise that's posed around this notion of respecting the person you have sex with, and that's why that's a box that nobody wants to live. Well, on. I she, know that she nobody, says that people in the book, the, and that's people, something that I've always lived sex. by, which is any person that you have sex with could be a possible father of your child, which at some point should make you say, Mm-mm, "Not him." But you know, you we all know that there are precautions that you can take against that. They're not always foolproof, but nobody is trying to have a baby every time that they have sex. The man should be pro-choice too. The man should be able to say, I want a child, 
or I, I don't, don't want, want a, a child. child. And it shouldn't be up to the woman to advocate the man of his parental duties. He should be able to do it without her consent. So they should be, he should be like, look, I don't want a baby. Just like I can't make you have an abortion or I can't tell you to or not have an abortion. You can't make me want to be a parent. Correct. But I think with all of that, and I've been saying this for years, you know, shoot me because people probably are going to be mad. You have to go through a process. And if you want to put on your big girl panties and you say, you know, hey, I'm 37, you know, this might be my only opportunity to have a child. I really want to be a parent. Then you have to be able to say, I'm going to take that responsibility on my own and I will allow you to walk away from this opportunity or whatever we're going to call it. And just, you know, you abdicate all rights. Of course, at some point, that's still going to bite you in the butt. So my best advice is to just try to keep it wrapped up, I guess. You know, you want you brought up the Bible earlier. You want to talk about Jonah. It's, you know, you can't be spilling your seed everywhere. That's somewhere in the book. Yeah, that was it. That was the story of Onan in, just, Ge- in the book of Genesis. And it didn't mean that. The reason, the, the reason why God not supposed to put it on the ground. Absolutely, Onan pulled out because first his brother, his first brother had her, his second brother had her, his third brother had her, and so he was like, "What you want me to do with her? I mean, do I look like Willie the Fool? I'm not about to have a baby with this woman. Sorry, hell, all my brothers died messing with her. Just <laughs> hold on. To <laughs> so he was pulling out. Just keep." or thought envy is nothing other than you have done everything right your mothers and grandmothers raised you to be professional driven fiercely independent and free from a man's financial control the type of woman or the type of women that makes a man respects her intellect, dreams, and ambitions. But the problem with that training, and as it's good as it is, it lacks the core fundamentals that men look for, that meets the man's needs and make the man feel like the man. That just means hoes is winning. Right. Attractiveness, um, erotic sexual energy, and cooperation. Hoes is winning. In some cases, control. I mean, in some cases, let's face it, being able to be controlled by a successful, as Kevin Samuel say, alpha male. Mm. And the thoughts provide that for the financially successful men. She states, and I quote, They are recognizing the intrinsic value in occasionally allowing a man to just be a man. Basically, chicken heads accept that in a male dominant society obsessed with both beauty and sex, there's something to be said for women effectively working their erotic power. Sometimes these strong, independent women, y'all pants be a little bit too loose. Who is y'all? I'm just saying, the the ones that I'm talking to, baby, don't assign yourself that. <laughs> I mean, I was just thing. wondering because you said y'all. 
Teresa, don't I'm do it. To to, I'm talking to I'm talking to people that's listening to it's, a, it's like oh, the it's like the, the royal we. You know, it's not nobody personal. Oh, it's I was people. Confused. You know, like you know how like they say stuff. Same they. people we talk about. They mm, yeah. Who is they? The, yeah. Exactly. Okay, so in chicken yeah, head envy, I can get it. I see it. Yes and no. Um, because there is no women, reason so that you cannot be both. You go with There's no reason that you can't have a way to be vulnerable as well as also be strong. You know, there are ways that you can do both. Not according to societal rules. You got to be strong or you got to be a damsel. You got to be either the hero dude the street, or you got to be the, the streets dude and a freak in the sheets. You, you either got to be the lady all the time or you got to be a complete freak. You can't you can't be both because society oh, says you can be both. Oh, you can be both. In the end, chicken heads do not win. Because once um, a man reaches a level of financial affluency, a lot of times that comes with perseverance, experience, and wisdom. And once you have reached the level of wisdom, then those little mundane things are no longer attractive. At that point, you begin to look beyond the flesh and start to look for a more spiritual connection. And that's when being evenly yoked is more important versus sexually proportionate. But the question is, at what point in a man's life where you have that balance of experience, wisdom, levels of financial affluency, where you say, hey, these uh, worldly things aren't as important to me as these spiritual things. At what age, at what point, at what age does a man just stop wanting to be sexually out there? It's, it's, it can be the weight for some, but I do believe that there are enough uh, to go around because if you do a poll, but you, cause you keep bringing up your friend, Kevin, I think y'all might call each other on the phone or something, but no, but he said that women keep going after the same man. I understand, but with Kevin Samuels, this girl he sounds like call him on the phone. Um, you know, I guess that's your homie. Um, cut it out. He, you know, he actually says that you know a high value man that that's what he want. He don't want to be bogged down with all that other stuff. You know, he just need a woman that's gonna just you know stroke his back, be there for him, do what he's saying, you know, going on about his business. He don't need all. He's not gonna be talking to you about your job, and that's that's your friend Kevin. So, I'm certain that there is an audience and an arena for that. There are some women who will benefit from that, but there are some men who are high value men who have gone through a process that have allowed them to say, I don't want a woman who is just going to yes, sir, me. They'll just do what I say do because there's no challenge in that. There, There is a high value man who says, I want a companion in life. I want to share my life with someone who is ambitious like I am and shares in my drive and, you know, has the same substance that I have. You know, that's one that, a high value man that is self-actualized and is true to himself. But you know, a high value man who is just at what that, age do you get there though? 
Let's it's say you make a lot age. of money at a young age. Every most it's not an age. Most it's men fantasize of being a king, but it's still and being a, a king and having level. women at their. It's not a fantasy. It's a, it's a socialization level. and an acculturation. We're acculturated to be the king, the hero, the person that does all of this shit. And women, you just have to be there to receive all of this stuff. And the feminist is like it's also a weak, un. Yeah you know, actualized man who needs that type of stuff because they want it because, ooh, I never had it before. Then they want it because it makes them feel better about themselves, their self-esteem. But a man who is all together and has had that, you know, he had a college experience. You know, he went through some people Listen already. to what you said. He has had that. That's what I'm saying. So I'm not, t- it's not an age. It's a maturity level. You know, you've experienced a life already that, and that could be 26 because you could have went to college, pledged and ran through folks and realized that's not what I want, got a degree, became with this person. And it's like, I'm ready to be with one person who helps me be me. I got to feel like I'm the hero. Exactly. exactly. But if you get Donovan is saying truth, he feels like he needs that. But if he doesn't, then he doesn't. But if he does, he does. I'm only paying for one household, first of all. Hey, there's an ancient Egyptian proverb that says if you take a nighttime woman, excuse me, if you take an evening woman for your wife, do not scorn her or ridicule her for she'll fill your house with laughter. Mm. And Leviticus 21.7 said, thou shalt not take a whore and make her a housewife. So God was putting us up on game way back when. Uh, that's what what happened that's tonight it. with all of these preachers? You know, Shut all the up. Hey, man, one of y'all been to church in the past five years. I'm just, I'm just saying. believe in Jesus. If you get your Amber Rose, you just enjoy yourself. Make that money with Amber Rose. Dog. Oh, don't wait a minute. Amber is all right. She got that. That's what I'm saying. You don't try to change it. You got to just let it roll with it. Roll with it. If you can afford you can it, you can pay the play. You, you can't pay the play, you can't do it. It's all about money, man. If you can't pay the play, this ain't your you game. You pay the cost to be the boss. You know, at a certain age. Exactly. At a certain age, people play around and let's let you, you know, you can get it for free and all that. But once they understand the worth of this shit, Pussy ain't free, man. Pussy ain't free. Money is power and power is sexy. And that power sexy part will get you tripped up because it attracts Even hoes. Even though that's not what I got out of you this know? book, but okay. It attracts <laughs> hoes. You know what I'm saying? Hoes love powerful. You know what I'm saying? Powerful, powerful people. Chicken heads love that shit. Nikki, a 27-year-old doctor once dated at NBA Willie, and describes it as one of the most depressing periods of her life. Attractive, funny, confident, and intelligent enough to graduate top of her class at Yale Medical School, Nikki still found that the infinite number of beautiful women that check for her man, everything from that fine-ass R&B singer to the jiggy entertainment lawyer to the hoochie go-go bitch dancing in some cage, played havoc with her self-esteem. I never thought I could be that girl, but all of a sudden, I found myself obsessing about everything. Every day was like, am I thin enough? Are my titties too small? Is my ass too big? Is my hair too short? Am I too light? Am I light enough? 
It was ridiculous. It's a competition you can't possibly win. Finally, for the sake of her sanity, she decided to cut him loose. I realized that he wasn't making me feel secure enough about the relationship to not worry about other women. And if you got to rely on pretty to keep a man, forget it. No matter how pretty you are, there's always going to be someone prettier. No matter how good you can get your freak on, there's always going to be some girl out there who can freak it better. Nikki's observations drive home the ultimate truth about erotic power. Without financial independence, education, ambition, intelligence, spirituality, and love, the box alone isn't all that powerful. That's why women got to find their power in other ways. You can't just use the power of the P-U-S-S-Y. With Although that being powerful, said, made nations, destroyed nations, caused great wars, extincted people. Man, turning down some pussy will make a girl mad at you. I know that much. When you Especially turn you down some pussy, into, like, trying to that, get you that, oh my god, that's that's the worst feeling <laughs> ever, boy. It's, it's you that, are old no. Donovan. Rate this book one through ten. Oh, I give it a ten. Oh wow! Yeah, why? She was hitting on points, and she like she re- she really captured that juxtaposition. She's like, I don't know if I won't be. The savior of the world of I just want to be taken care of because if I'm taken care of, then I'm just falling in the mold of just being a basic ass bitch. But then if I save the world, then I got all this stress and I got to do all this shit. And who the hell want to do that? So it's like the struggle. And I, I thought that was cool because you know, women be having to go through shit and like you know I don't be thinking about it till like I talk to a woman and it's like oh okay, <laughs> that's real. Like, I don't be thinking about it till like I'm talking you- to him. You don't like even like I had a discussion with a friend of mine and like I was like I'm gonna walk you to the car because I was like you know I want a buddy to steal you and she's like, <laughs> like that's the thing but she's like you know she's like you know she's like six two and she's like you know I don't think I'm gonna get stolen, stolen. yeah you know I'm I'm a pretty big bitch but you know that is a thing but I guess I should worry too because men get stolen and disappear too but that's not how the society plays it out no they don't want to ask i gotta be the hero you the damsel when harvey like i said in the beginning when harvey first said let's get this book i didn't you know push back i said all right i got the book and i initially started listening to it on audible i hated it at first and i i I was texting him like man can we pick another book but you know we the bros we see it through we persevere Mm. and i had to order the book (laughs) and once i ordered the book and i Physically read the book, it just read different and it hit different. I like her interrogation upon men, upon racism, and she was honest about women. She was honest about men. You know, she was honest about the the pathology of the black male and black women's relationship. You know, she understood there's a difference between a sorry black man, a man that's trying. And then a man who has reached the pinnacle or, or is living in his purpose and women the same way. So it wasn't a male badge book. I didn't think it was a, whim, a woman's badge book. Like she said, she wrote the book, a uh, living room conversation with her friends. It was an easy read. I read like 160 some pages on the first, you know, even though she was using some substitute French words for regular words. With all that being said, I'm going to give this book a nine. 
Even though she substituted some French words. I mean, she was she was using some 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 words that we typically don't use. Um, like what? Like what she said? Being intellectual? No. Uh what's the word? Uh A L L A means there. What? Yeah. Yeah, she was, it was something like when you was reading the book, it uh-huh. was some words that she was using for uh substitute for simple words. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't get that. But I'm going to say nine as well. Um nine because I really like this book. Probably nine because after discussing it with you all, I didn't like it for any of the reasons that you all did. And the only reason I'm not giving it a 10 is because, you know, the whole feminism thing and using the word in a way that was kind of, I don't know, maybe misrepresenting for me, but I give it a nine. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it that nine space too. You know, I thought it was, um, it was, to me, it was, it was great to listen to. I, 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 am interested in perhaps reading it one day. Um, don't know when. Um, I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate the old, the hip hop, the the expression, the whole nine. So yeah, it's a, it's a good nine book to me. Oh, with that being said, y'all pick up our next book, The Sweetness of Water by Nathaniel or Nathan Harris. Thank you for listening to the Bros Bookshelf. Click subscribe, share with your friends, give us a five-star rating. Click like, subscribe, and share. Yeah, click like, subscribe, share. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Think we about to freestyle up ahead? No, we about to stop it now. We ain't recording no more.